2022 and Sunday Golds is back for another episode. Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt. Good to be back together. And we're recording this from Hauser in the suites up top, uh, right next to Section B, the, the animals of Section B. And Brett, uh, we've got a great episode planned here this uh, afternoon uh, when we're recording it. Uh, Michael Alford, Florida State's athletic director, was kind enough to join us and, and talk uh, at length about a lot of different things specifically related to baseball and where college baseball is, where Florida State baseball fits in that national picture and all the different things uh, that FSU is, is wanting to do to continue the great tradition of Seminole baseball and now with Mike Martin Jr. at the helm of the program. Uh, a lot of exciting things, too, to talk about in terms of uh, spring practice has begun as well, a couple of weeks before opening day. Uh, and Brett, before we talk about uh, the athletic director's thoughts on the program, uh, the last few days have had some uh, exciting scrimmages. Yeah, so yesterday, um, Tuesday, was day uh, scrimmage number three of the preseason so far. Friday, the day that we opened up with media and everything, was the first official team scrimmage. Um, they had one Sunday as well. wasn't here for that. It was out of town, but... I've heard some things out of that, but I've been here for two of the three scrimmages so far, as is Aria for most of those um, two that I've been at. And um, just I just think there's so much more depth in this team overall this year. Um, obviously, there was always depth in the pitching staff, but when you look at position player-wise, I mean, you look at every single position, and there's a backup that can play and, and, and can do good things for Florida State if someone was to get, go down. And there's real competitions going on. There's still a lot of things to be decided. And I think there's been some guys that have stood out so far that are making steps, uh, taking steps in those position battles. But still a long way to go. Um, you know, here I think we'll, we're 16 days down as we speak. Um, and still a lot more scrimmages. They do about four scrimmages every full week. So long way to go in those processes. But I think it's been clean scrimmages so far, which is what you want to see the first couple of days. Who are some guys that have stood out to you? You mentioned a, a few standouts, but um, are there any players that have really taken a, a step forward? Yeah, so I think Colton Vincent has been a position player guy that stood out for me. And not so much doing anything super flashy, um, but just being a rock-solid catcher behind the plate, and that's what Florida State needs behind the plate this year. And Colton's taken some huge steps forward since last year, and he's just a guy that you don't ever see something go to the backstop behind him when he's behind the plate. He's thrown guys out. He's got a good arm. Um, he's just a really tough kid behind the plate, and Meet mentioned that in his his preseason presser said he's a completely different player this year, and he's just he's tough as nails. Um, Alex Terrell is another position player I'll mention. Um, Aria was here. We both saw him hit a home run in his first preseason at bat. Uh, but, you know, it's not just that for Alex. I just think Alex has shown since the fall that he's a much more complete hitter than people probably think. And, um, you know, he works counts, swings at what he should swing at, takes what he should take, uses the whole field. I mean, he also drove a line drive the opposite way the day he hit a homer. So I just think we're going to see really good things from, from Alex uh, the whole season. Um, Logan Lacey's been very good so far. Trayton Rink's another freshman that's been very good so far. Um, he's been playing some third base and also shortstop. Um, and I think I've mentioned one more. James Tibbs, um, he's got really special power, and he showed it off day one when we were both here. And he launched a, a home run on a fastball, fastball up and in and lefty-lefty situation. He launched it into a tr tree across the street behind the right field fence. Um, 
So, I mean, there's just been really good things so far from a lot of young guys and a lot of new faces um, on position player side. So, just think, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, you were here for a good, good, a few, good few innings. Just what are some guys that have stood out to you at the position player group? Yeah, first off, apologize if you guys can hear uh, on the roof. Uh, they're doing a lot of good work here at Hauser to improve – uh, the fan experience and, and to make sure that this place is looking tip-top shape. So uh, we'll call it a live studio audience uh, for this episode specifically. Uh, but things that have stood out to me after probably a few scrimmages that I've watched, you mentioned Terrell. I think I was, I don't want to say I was skeptical about what he could bring to the table. I think I was just more wait-and-see approach. And obviously when the season starts, we'll get a better gauge of, of how Terrell translates to, to Florida State uh, and playing in, a, in his final year of college baseball. But the things that I think made him special in Coral Gables at Miami were evident, right? I mean, the power's real. He blasted one off Parker Messick. And it was Messick, I think, hung a slider that he's you know still working on to, to kind of sharpen. And, and Terrell, that's what you do as a good hitter. You punish mistakes. And he put that thing well over the screen. Uh, Tibbs, I, th I think, had a nice home run over uh, off of a Hubbard, if I remember correctly. Um, and, and Colton Vincent looks really good, like you said, uh, behind the plate. But there are some other guys. Brett Roberts, I think I mentioned to you, man, he's, he's got some pop off that bat for such a wiry and small frame. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, he's got just active hands and very quick to the ball and quick path. Um, carry on is as advertised in the field at shortstop. Um, and I, I do think that's going to be one area the Knowles are much improved is defensively. And I think Meat's been telling anyone who will listen, I promise you we're going to be better defensively. Uh, and I know it's hard for FSU fans to just kind of accept that until they see it because they've been burned, right, especially by the infield over the past few years. But, uh, folks, uh, if you don't take it from, from Brett, take it from me, who's a little bit more skeptical uh, about certain things, that infield defense is the real deal. And whoever they decide on at third base – um, that'll end up being the final piece to the puzzle. Uh, but then again, uh, and Brad, I'll throw it back to you, but athletically, I think this team is so much more athletic, so much more able to put pressure on you on the base paths. And I think it'll be a more fun team to watch on a day-to-day -day basis through a course of, what, 65 games in a regular season? Yeah, well, 56 games, but yeah. and but Postseason, um, right? Yes, like I'm, yeah, I'm expecting yeah. a exactly. deep run. Perfect, but... I think that athleticism also just comes from the, the depth that I talked about and just having so many more guys that can do different things and it makes you much more flexible in the field, which they will be this year. Um, just a couple other things I'll mention. Tyler Martin, we saw him hitting on the field yesterday. BP, not back to live game yet, but he's getting closer to 100% every day and I actually thought that he looked a bit stronger at the plate yesterday and, you know, me had mentioned that, you know, that cleaning that shoulder up is – done him really good and he's 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 lifting more and he, he's he's a bit stronger and he's gonna have some more pop off that bat um not saying he'll have a ton of homers or anything like that but it's just harder exit velocities and that stuff um you know moving over to pitchers um Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard are both working really hard on, on new off-speed pitches uh Parker's new slider looks you know it looks sharper and sharper every day he's just throwing it harder this year and it's got a little bit more bite to it Rather than a, more of a sweeping slider, now it's more of a, you know, that sharp swing and miss slider that, that he's been looking to add. Um, Bryce Hubbard's working with a new slider as well. He's really working at being able to snap that off whatever he wants. He's also working on making his changeup better, which has looked much better this year. Um, he had one last year, but really didn't often use it. Um, a guy that I thought has been really good so far in the mound is Jonas Scalaro. Just been really sharp, uh, as you'd expect from a veteran. 
Uh, you know, he's also not new pitches, but just pitches that are much improved, higher spin rates on his two breaking balls, throwing the slider a lot recently, and it, it's been really good and, and, and giving guys struggles. Um, and changeup is just so much better this year and really, really has opened up his game against right-handed, against right-handed hitters, and he's really getting a lot of swing and misses from those guys. Um, like I said, I wasn't here for the second scrimmage, but I heard Wyatt Correll was the guy that stood out. Um, and he's one of those guys in that eight, that that group of eight that are looking at the Sunday spot. And I got to tell you, Brett, we're out here overlooking the the first baseline of of Hauser, and you got the sprinklers going and the new padding. I think it's a good transition here to start talking a little bit about facilities before we we touch some more on on what to expect with this FSU baseball team. Uh, but you got garnet padding, you've got uh, some new paint going across the place. I think Hauser's going to look pretty nice here when uh, the season starts yeah I gotta say as soon as I walked in yesterday and saw the padding in person I, I had been hearing about it for a while I knew it was gonna happen but it, it looks even better than I than I could have expected um, I just think it gives the place a really fresh look and you know rather than seeing green out there everywhere you get to see some some garnet everywhere and I just think that's that's a really cool addition to this park Speaking of facilities, uh, Michael Alford, Florida State's athletic director, has been on the job for about a month now after being the CEO of the Boosters for Florida State. And uh, he was kind enough, again, to join us for, for a couple of minutes and just chat about his vision for FSU baseball. Enjoy this conversation with me, Brett, and Florida State athletic director, Michael Alford. Uh, Michael, first off, uh, thanks for joining us and uh, wanted to ask you, how's the first month been on the job? Oh, it's been great. Just getting around, meeting everyone, going to practices. Was at baseball practice the other day, uh, looking at the stadium, looking at what improvements we can make, looking at all of our facilities, what improvements we can make, and, and really, more importantly, just getting out and, and visiting with the student athletes and letting them know who I am, what I stand for, and, and getting to know them and them getting to know me more on a personal level, and uh, that's that's what's really exciting about it. And now you played college baseball, uh, unfortunately. It's a great it's a great <laughs> sport. Uh, Mississippi State, UAB, as well. Um, what makes, in your opinion, college baseball as an institution special? Well, it's such a, a special time of the year in the springtime. Um, sun's coming out, and just to hear the ping of the bat, and, and you know, it's America's game. And just the, the 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 time spent with family and to be out there with the students and, and be in the sunshine and watch a great game of baseball. There's nothing better. It's it's funny having grown up. My my daughters are um, all volleyball players. My oldest would not. She went to school, University of Oklahoma, and played there. Would not miss a baseball game. Uh, she she would go every week and and sit and watch. So I got a daughter, my oldest, who really loves the game and. And likes to sit and watch it with me. So it's this creates those special moments. From your time in Tallahassee so far, just what's your relationship like with Mike Martin Jr. and, and this coaching staff as a whole? Oh, it's been great. Just getting to know them, talking baseball. Um, you know, I told him good or good or bad, uh, I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be uh, watching and be able to talk the game with him a little bit. And I tease eleven all the time because I grew up a, a Seminole baseball fan growing up in Memphis and uh, the old Metro Conference, and Eleven just didn't recruit me. If he would just would have called, uh, I would have been here in, in two seconds. But So we have a lot of fun uh, with that. But just being able to sit down with him, talk the game, is it, kind of an escape for me of going and sitting in the dugout and talking to meet and, and just getting what the season's going to be like and evaluating players, and it's just fun. Obviously, you know the game of baseball and how much – 
um, you know, st- statistics and everything go into it. Just how important is it to have the most improved and updated technology up in base with the baseball program? One hundred percent. You know, we, I was fortunate to be able to travel the country and. Uh, at my previous institutions and see some venues and what they've installed with uh, TrackMan and some other things, and we have that now here. And just getting the latest technology to make our players uh, the best they can be. Invest in them, invest in their experience, and let them have the best and greatest equipment possible so we can take this program to, to a new level. Something that's talked about every year in college baseball is the third pay assistant and trying to get that. Just what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm all for it. When it came to vote two years ago, I believe, I, I voted for it. Uh, still still am a fan of it uh, with understanding the game and understanding the game where it's going and the importance of even being placed on it more than ever right now uh, across the country. And the fan base is growing within that sport. It, it's something that needs to happen. And I would next time it comes up, I'll, I'll approve it again and, and work closely with the Coaches Association and, and be a very supportive of it. Obviously, funds are important uh, in any sport. That's part of your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I look around the country, and we see in the SEC, brand new stadiums popping up, major multi-million dollar renovations. You look in the ACC, and Virginia has a pretty new ballpark. Virginia Tech mm-hmm. invested, Boston College invested, uh, Clemson recently has even invested. What's the plans? Are there plans for Florida State to continue that arms race, so to speak, and, and be competitive from a facility standpoint in baseball? Uh, 100%. You, you know, you see the tradition that this program has and the historic Dick Hauser Stadium, you know, and, and the great thing about Dick Hauser is when you see it on TV, there's no doubt where you are. Uh, it's just got that iconic look uh, on television. But there's some things we need to do to address the fan experience, to address seating, um, to address the concourses, and tell our story a little better than what we're doing in that facility right now. And that's some things we've talked about. We've, we've just put in a brand-new alumni locker room. Uh, guys from the pros coming back are going to have a first-class locker room, a first-class experience. So that's been put in. We, we've done some minor work to upgrade some things in the current locker room, players' locker room. But looking at big pictures, what we're going to do nutritionally over there and what we're going to do with the Hall of Fame room and all of that is taking, we're taking a serious look at. And how do we tell our story better and how do we make the experience for the fans and, more importantly, the student-athletes the very best it can be? Uh, really excited with our new concessionaire legends. they got great ideas that they're going to be incorporating this season and, and really looking forward to getting some fans' feedback uh, from some of the new things we're going to try to do. In 2022, obviously, a good time to try these things. Uh, do you believe that college baseball – Florida State baseball specifically, can it be a profitable sport? I mean, it's a niche sport, so how mm-hmm. how do you raise money specifically for Florida State baseball? Well, you look at our fan base, and it, it is, has been supported throughout the years so strongly, one of the top attended institutions in sports uh, in the game of baseball across historically. Um, so, yes, I, I believe it can be profitable. I think we need to change the fan experience a little bit and provide some of the newest, latest offerings that are out amongst our peers that they're offering, whether it's premium seating or unique entertainment options uh, to come out to group seating and, and just be able to go out and market the sport because it is um, so so loved in this community and, and so supported in this community. We need to make sure that we're doing our things to, to grow it as well. Uh, NIL has been something that's, I think, more spoken in the football world 
obviously college basketball as well. But do you see NIL playing a part in college baseball or even college softball? And if it does, uh, how do we stay at the forefront of that to, to make sure that FSU is getting the top level recruits? Yeah, we've been working a lot up on the hill here uh, with the current bill legislation and and uh, constantly looking at how do we put it in place where we can compete with our peers across the states until something gets worked out um, that everyone's consistent, have a consistent rule out there. Um, it, it will play a part depending on, of course, uh, how marketable you are and how good of a season you're having. But I do see people in this community, especially around the support that softball and baseball get in the springtime of athletes having opportunities to for NIL to go out and be profitable in that. And I see it being very supported by us. Um, we're going to do everything we can legally to market our players and to showcase them and to provide them opportunities. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, you know, you played at Mississippi State. There aren't many schools all across the country that can maybe have those athletes that are marketable, but Florida State definitely um, one of those schools that, that I think that the, the players can do really well in um, down here. Uh, we look around, and uh, Florida State historically – one of the top baseball programs in the country. They've done pretty much everything that you can do. But there's that one thing that people will always talk about with FSU baseball is when will they win the national championship? Uh, how, how much pride do you mm-hmm. take in being that athletic director that oversees Florida State's first national championship? Oh, that would be a thrill, uh, especially with the history of 11 and what he's done to put this program in, even in a position to be talked about winning a national championship. There's only a few programs in the country uh, that that comes up every year uh, that have that uh, status or call it the blue blood status, and this is one of them uh, that people look at and say, you know, that is a national championship caliber program, and you can win national championships here, especially in baseball. So it would be very exciting, but we get to make sure we're putting the resources to the program uh, so they can compete on and continue to compete on a national level, but then find out what we can do, uh, the little nuances we can add to get us that first one. And we've been there knocking on the door so many times. And you know the game of baseball. It's about how the ball bounces or how the pitcher pitches one day. Or, uh, it's just little things, but uh, a lot of luck involved. But there's also you create your own luck. And it's how can we do little things to give our student athletes the very best resources so they can improve their game to go out and capture that first one. And Michael, you're a, you're a Memphis boy. Uh, yeah. Kid who grew up there. Uh, who was your favorite MLB team growing up? Oh, I'm a Cleveland uh, Cleveland Guardian fan. Uh, born in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, so at the age of five, I'd look at my dad and, and ask why I wasn't at the games. And uh, I've just been a, a fan of Cleveland uh, Guardians. Takes me a while to, to get used to saying that, but the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, so that, that's been my team since I was a little boy. And uh, just follow them and, and die hard with how they go. So I died a lot of years uh, until recently when they got pretty good. What position did you play? Growing up, yeah. everything. Uh, ended up in uh, center field and outfielder. Anywhere first, lead off to third to fifth, just depending on who was on the mound that day. But, uh, yeah, just a, a leadoff hitter. I was a football, baseball guy coming out of high school, Division One offers in both um, and actually how I got to Mississippi State, I was getting recruited uh, football. And uh, Rocky Felker was the head coach and uh, went to Coach Polk and said, hey, I, I'm recruiting this guy in football, but you need to take a look at him. He's a he's also a really good baseball player. 
So went on my recruiting visit and was going to play both, but then decided just to concentrate on baseball. You think you still got it a little bit? If they I, asked you to go out there and I, hit some BP, could you do it? I think I could get in group four and, and maybe start with a couple the other way and maybe turn on one eventually. No doubt about it. And then my final question for you, uh, who were some great players that you enjoyed watching growing up and maybe even to this day? Oh, that, that's that's a great question. Being, you know, I've always modeled, um, I'm a Ron Polk disciple. Uh, so you, if you were to see me swing right now, you would think it was Will Clark because if you go back through the history of how he teaches hitting and, and everything, that's it's a common theme. You know, the one guy that's a little different, Raffi, who I'm really good friends with, and uh, just he's probably my favorite player that came out of that era. Uh, just watching how how sound he was, how he could play different positions, outfield, first base, and just a sound. I hit left-handed, uh, so kind of modeled my swing after him and watching him during that time when I was really um, uh, getting my craft up uh, to what it needs to be. I kind of modeled everything after him, uh, but uh, that's who I really enjoyed watching back in the day. And now it's a little bit of everyone. You know, I, when I watch, it's it's sitting in the stands with some popcorn. And uh, just really enjoying the nuances of the game and trying to, once again, spend time with my wife and my daughter who didn't grow up in it and just talking to them about adjustments you see in field position and pitch counts and what you're looking for. And that's just something I really enjoy. And finally, what do you think of this version of the Florida State baseball team 2022? Uh, a lot of people have big expectations for what these what this group can do. A lot of live arms uh, going out to practice. Uh, the the mid is popping, uh, but I really uh, enjoy watching our pitching staff right now and and what they're doing. And when they were having some practices uh, the day I was at, and just looking at what they're doing to set up counts. And I thought uh, some guys are really taking advantage of of some of their off-speed pitches and, and getting the hitters out. And then we got some pop uh, as well. We got some new faces in the lineup that uh, are really going to provide some offense. So I think it's going to be an exciting year. Can't wait to get going. It's one of the top recruiting classes in the country and really anxious to see these young guys and some of these young arms get out there and, and show uh, the country what Florida State baseball is all about. Well, we hope to see you over at Hauser plenty this season. Uh, continued Best wishes on, on great success here as the Athletic Director of Florida State. And we appreciate you taking a few minutes with no, us. Thank you, guys. Uh, really looking forward to getting out to Hauser and, and just spending the springtime with the fans and enjoying some some baseball and then sneaking over there and catching some softball games as well. I love those softball-baseball games going on at the same time because uh, I just walk back and forth. So really appreciate it. Looking forward to it. And go Knowles. All right, appreciate it again, Michael Alford, joining us to chat for a few minutes. Uh, Brett, what were your takeaways from hearing uh, the head man talk about his vision for Florida State baseball? Yeah, I just think that, you know, the baseball program is, is going to be something that's definitely in, in Alford's head and, and something that he wants to improve. And he definitely knows that this, this facility needs improvements and just needs to be updated and it needs to be better for the players and the, and the program overall for recruiting for fan experience I just thought everything he said really you know enlightened what we were you know really just gave us a better look into what their plans are and and things that they hope to improve I mean we've seen some of these small improvements already just little things you know the new wall new turtle a new track man just things that needed to be updated are being updated obviously those are small things but hopefully that's a, a start to some bigger things happening tell people who don't know what track man is i mean obviously a lot of 
uh, fans who love the game of baseball and are a part of it every day. They know what it does, but um, let people know what it does. And, and again, uh, how is it beneficial to a baseball team? Yeah, so it just helps them know basically all the metrics around their players. And, um, you know, they have it going during scrimmages on the, on the board with the strike zone, and that's how they call pitches and everything. So um, they have that. And then you have, you know, obviously you have pitch speed, you have exit velocity, you have spin rates. Um, spin rates are, are huge to, to what we what they do here in the advancement of pitchers and they're obviously breaking balls and and how fastball really plays in game and um, you know you can also get things such as horizontal break vertical break um, you know where a pitcher's releasing the ball from it's just things that you have to have but you know Florida State system was getting a bit outdated because it was really the basically the first version of trackman but you know they've got a new a new one that's also about one-eighths in size of the old one. If you were ever wondering what the massive thing behind home plate was, um, that was TrackMan. And now if you see a small little square that's an FSU logo, uh, that looks much better, much more like there's not some sort of outer-worldly thing sitting behind the plate. So good to see that there. But, yeah, that's what TrackMan is. just helps them with metrics and everything they do um, on that side of the game. Yeah, I would say it looked like a massive solar panel that was trying to uh, get natural light. Uh, but no, that was TrackMan, and uh, as Brett said, they've updated to the next version, and uh, it's a complete commitment to the analytical side of baseball. And that's something Mike Martin Jr. said that he would bring when he took over for, for his father, and um, it helps, right? It helps Florida State figure out exactly um, how to be pinpoint in attacking other teams and understanding who they are, evaluating themselves, uh, and doing different things to, to advance their games and, and their development as players and as a program. Um, I really love that, that he mentioned the, the fan experience because uh, I've been going to games at Hauser, and, and we've talked about this since I was like seven years old. I mean, you've been covering this program since you got to Florida State, and um, this place deserves to, to be amongst the best places to watch a baseball game in the country. And the reality is, while Hauser is still a nice ballpark, and I think it's better than... 90% of ballparks in the country, the 10% that have surpassed Hauser and Florida State have kind of shown you the future of where facilities are going, right? And I, I pointed it out in the interview, if you listen to some of those schools, and a lot of them are in the SEC. But Brett, we're seeing it in the ACC too. Uh, and, and Florida State's got to at least mitigate that gap and, and kind of close the gap. Yeah, that's the thing. You're right about it being nicer than, than most. But that 10% that is passed them by and passed them by very good bit are, are the schools you're recruiting against, the schools you're playing against, and the schools that ultimately you're going to compete against in Omaha. And the way you beat those teams is you have better recruits and you get better recruits by having better facilities. Um, you know, you, I mean, a lot of it also is coaching, but to, to coach guys up, you got to have the facilities to do it. You got to have the weight rooms, the, the pitching labs, like all these schools have now. It's just things that are necessities to advancing and developing players at, at the college level. And, you know, obviously, I mean, there's the Vandys of the world, Mississippi States of the world, but they're also, like you said, I mean, Boston College has a nice facility. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, like you mentioned, has a nice facility. Ole Miss, where we went last year, it's an SEC school, but, man, it was nice when we went, and it's getting a lot nicer. Um, so, I mean, there's teams that are – they double down. We, I mean, there's just got to be – you got to be at least get with your um, facilities underneath the pitching lab. That stuff, um, all that stuff's got to get updated to, so you can keep up with these schools that are that ten percent, like you mentioned. To me, you know, when Boston College and Virginia Tech have made major commitments to baseball, that's when you kind of have to reevaluate and go, all right, well, 
what do we need to be doing? And I think, you know, what excited me about the conversation with, with Alford was he gets it. And that's an important first step is understanding what needs to be done. And, and you've got a guy who's got vision uh, in the leadership role. Uh, he's been around a lot of different places, too, in his career, whether it's uh, in college athletics, pro sports. Uh, he, he used to do some radio marketing and, and whatnot for the uh, Angels uh, in MLB. So he completely understands uh, from every angle what it takes to be successful uh, as an athletic director. Uh, and I'm excited about his tenure uh, in charge. And I, I mean, just for an example, go take a look at Central Michigan's baseball facilities and, and compare those to the teams that they're playing along with. I mean, he showed us that facility online, and it's a pretty dang nice facility. It's, they've got player development places. They've got fan experience. They've got every bit of it that they can get, especially for a school like Central Michigan. So, I mean, if he can do those things there, I, it makes me pretty confident that things are going to happen here at some point. Yeah, I'm ecstatic about his tenure. He's going to be fantastic for Florida State. Uh, he's a good guy, very personable, uh, builds relationships well, and um, – he knows how to raise money, and that's something his background has always been strong in is finding funds, and I asked him that specific question because college baseball, uh, it very much still is a niche sport, right? I mean, in the Southeast, it's bigger than it is probably anywhere else in the country uh, when you talk about college baseball specifically. So you've got to find ways to appeal to a crowd to donate specifically to this program because you know everyone's going to donate to football. Like, if they're playing well, that's going to happen. But I do think there's a unique baseball fan base in Tallahassee that ranks in the top 10 in the country, I think, an interest on a on a year-to-year -year end. And uh, I think attendance is going to be great this season in Hauser with uh, COVID restrictions kind of eased and a great home schedule. FSU baseball is passionately followed. And I think you've got to passionately as well donate to be able to raise those funds to take that step to the next level too. I've always thought about ever since I've been here, and especially since we went to Ole Miss, just of ways if Florida State could get students involved more at, at, call, at these baseball games, you know, these afternoon games, how much that can enhance the crowd and the experience here. And just I was just always wondering how, how they could create something like that. So I just hope that's part of that fan experience. And, and just given more things at Hauser to look forward to outside of the baseball field and just give some more things to do when you walk in the place. And um, yeah, I'm, but I'm just excited to get back to full crowds this year at least and, you know, have some of these big series that we're going to have. And we talked about it with him about that home schedule we have and how excited that, how excited he is for that. Um, but, man, yeah, I'm just hoping that this place is packed and loud at some points this year. One other thing I want to point out, uh, and we'll, we'll move on, uh, I think it's important that he played college baseball. Uh, he mentioned it. He played at Mississippi State under Coach Polk, a legend. And then he played at UAB as well when he transferred. Um, and I think he got his master's at Arkansas, if I remember correctly. And that's obviously one of the biggest fan bases and most passionate fan bases in the country. It means something to him for, college, for, for baseball to be good. It's not like having an athletic director that maybe doesn't have a lot of background professionally in the sport of baseball uh, or hadn't played. So I think that's something to note. And it's something that I think will sit in his heart is to make sure that Florida State's college baseball program is top-notch as well. All right, Brett, uh, before we wrap up, uh, let's talk a little bit about the pitching over the last couple of days. Uh, I know the Knowles will have Messick and, and Hubbard that are, I mean, you could argue that's the best one-two punch in the country, and I think you have a valid argument for it, right? Uh, who is that third guy right now, in your opinion, and, and who are some other guys that could push to get a, to get a spot there on Sundays? Yeah, I don't know if I definitely have a third guy right now, but I think best case scenario, it would be Carson Montgomery. 
um, just that potential and everything he possesses. And, you know, you obviously saw the flashes last year, but you also saw the struggles, and it's struggles with things that you can't have on Sundays, which is why this conversation isn't over yet, why it's not a done deal, because you can't have inefficiency, you can't have lack of command on Sundays. But uh, you can sure have that stuff on Sundays, and it's going to help you out. Um, so that's best-case scenario. I mean, guys that I think will push – um, Riot Crowell was definitely is definitely in that mix. Um, still trying to figure out if if he's a starter type, if he can be that guy that, that holds up for a while. Um, I think he can definitely do it in college. Um, you know, I think other guys. Ross Dunn has been sharp so far. I think he was 90, 92, 93 the other day. Top down at ninety four. You know, just needs to keep bringing along his um, you know his breaking ball. I think and and get that thing to be a little bit more sharper and consistent. Um, Jackson Azu, I think, is in that mix. Haven't seen him yet this preseason, um, but he, he had a really, really strong fall, and he was my guy coming out of fall. But um, I'm trying to think, Jonas Galaro, I think, will be in that mix. Um, I think Florida State really likes him out of the bullpen and that experience, but he's probably one of those eight guys. Jackson Bowmeister is definitely one of those eight guys, but I think Florida State would really like to take this year to develop him in that midweek role as a starter there and get him ready for next year. Um, I'm trying to think of some other names that will fill up the eight, but I think those are the main guys that you have to think about in the conversation um, to go along with Carson. Um, but yeah, I just think Carson, if he can really take that next step forward and and be what he can be and be the flashes that he showed last year and not the inconsistencies, then um, yeah, I mean he's if he's your Sunday guy and he's he's being what he can be, that's um, kind of ridiculous to be honest. But, you know, they've worked really hard on his mechanics. And I think the big thing for Carson is, you know, keeping his hips together with his arm and keeping everything all in sync. If he keeps things in sync and he's in a rhythm, then that's when Carson's really good. Yeah, and I don't think you could rule out completely that Florida State doesn't need their Sunday guy to go six or seven innings. Like, it could be one of those things where if your starter gives you four good ones, uh, you've got the depth uh, behind them you know you just named a bunch of names right like that's a lot of guys that are effective pitchers so uh, I wouldn't call it an opener per se obviously you would want somebody to give you a full five or six so that you can get to the pen but it's not out of the question if someone gives you three to four that you can piece together a Sunday because your arms are that much better than what other teams have on a on a third game of a weekend yeah you're definitely right and I mean there's still I mean there's not a single role on this staff that has been decided. I mean, Friday and Saturday guys are going to be made up of Bryce Hubbard and Parker Messick. But, I mean, Meade even said in his presser that those guys, it's not decided there. Um, and that probably is a large part due to that they have a competition with each other. They love having competitions with each other. I mean, we, when I talked to Bryce, that was one thing that he mentioned. Um, those guys competing against each other and throwing it in the same scrimmage every day is going to make them – even better, just like these hitters get better facing these guys. But, I mean, closer's not figured out. There's a ton of names that could be there. Um, you still don't know for sure. I mean, you could get Doug Kirkland back at some point. That's another dynamite arm you throw in there somewhere. Um, you got lefties that can do things for you. You, you still got to figure out, you know, your bridge, your, your fifth guy, your fifth midweek, I mean, your second midweek guy. There's just – the thing is, though, honestly, in every single one of those spots, there's going to be an arm that – Whoever you're ma matching up with is just as good. Whoever you're playing against, it's going to be just as good. There's not a staff that's going to outdo this staff, no matter what the roles end up being. 
Yeah, and again, a lot left to talk about before the season starts on, is it February 18th? Yeah, against opening, James Madison. Opening day. and uh, Be a lot, of, a lot of scouts here. Yeah. Number one prospect in the country coming down here. Yeah. And we'll break them down uh, later on uh, in this preseason. As we're getting you set for 2022 Florida State Baseball. You look anywhere ranked uh, between 10 and 15. You got, a, you got a very good ball club that uh, a lot of people have high expectations for, and uh, that's what you get at Florida State. That's what you've earned as a program over the years is high expectations in the preseason. So I want to thank Michael Alford for joining us, Florida State's athletic director. Uh, and uh, Brett, thank you. Is there is there any last thing that you want to touch on before we say goodbye? I'm good. I just These pads look nice, man. That's all I got to say. I said it earlier, but I'm saying it again. Sitting here looking at the pads, I like the pads a lot. It's something small too, right? But it makes such a big but difference. It's just, you just walk in and it's just like it's – refreshes your mindset a little bit, a little bit more than that, that green that was out it there. It feels like uh, a true home ballpark yes. to Florida State. So you'll see it when you get here. Uh, fan day coming up. Uh, when is that, by the way? That's on the February 12th. 12th. There's, a, there's a big softball weekend that weekend. That's opening weekend for softball, too. So come on out. Come to Tallahassee if you're local, if you're not, and come catch uh, the 2022 teams for softball. Lonnie Alameda's team is going to be insane. Uh, over there at the uh, softball complex at Joanna Graff Field. And this baseball team promises to be pretty good as well. All right, well, until we talk to you again, we'll, we'll plan to do a couple more pods. Keep it tuned here on Apple Pods, on Spotify. We're all over the place. Uh, Brett's been doing great interviews with some of the players uh, to get you their thoughts uh, as we barrel towards the opening weekend of 2022. If you want to ask us questions, please Email us at sundaygoldspod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at sundaygolds or at brettpn or at Ariel Masudi on Twitter. Um, let us know. Well, we'd love to get some fan questions and some, some thoughts on from what you guys think about this year's baseball team, and we'll try and hit that on the head next time we chat to you. And until the next time we chat with you, Ariel Masudi and Brett signing off. <laughs>